listening to the 15th edition of the Mashiach podcast. At the end of our podcast, last time, we spoke about the question, what is the idea of three Gugumagogors? We're going to come back to that question. I'd like to continue the discussion. This is really important in trying to understand a perspective on where we are holding, where we are up to in Mashiach times. Where are we up to in the process of Mashiach? It's so important to understand and to stress the point that we spoke about last time, which has to do with Mashiach ben Yosef, corresponding to the world of Ashkenaz, the world of Esav, the world of the West, the Ashkenazic Jews, Mashiach ben David, corresponding to the world of Gishmael, the Arab world, the Sephardic Jews. Because there's an unbelievable uh, malbim on the Pesukim in Yechezkel in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 16 and on. And I want to share this with you because when I saw this, I just was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It's explicit. It's clear. It explains exactly where we are up to. And this is written a few hundred years ago. Okay, so listen to this because this could blow your mind. Before I, before I read it inside, I want to just say, 20 years ago, I moved to Eretz Israel. I moved to the land of Israel in the year 2000. And it was an unbelievable thing that I experienced because when I lived in America, first 20 years of my life or so, so... You know, they're Ashkenazim, they're Svardim. You know, we're all Jews. We're all we're all Jews. We're all trying to come close to God. I I always, in my mind, saw the Svardim as the super Jews. You know, they were extra connected. Their davening was longer. Everything, you know, it just seemed like more real, more intense, more spiritual. I came there to Israel. I had the most uh, strange experience, and that was that everywhere I went, there seemed to be a bias. Ashkenazim on top, the government, the schools, not just the, not just the secular schools, but even within the religious schools, there was a bias. The Ashkenazim were on top, and the Svardim seemed to be underneath. I remember hearing that an, a Svardi could never become a prime minister. I remember hearing that and thinking, why is that? Why should it be that way? But I want to share with you something that will blow your mind, that explains that this is how it's meant to be in the first stage, in the stage of Mashiach ben Yosef. Listen to this, because it's just unbelievable. Okay, so Pesukim in Yechezkel, Perek Lamed Zayin, 37 verse 15, Yechezkel tells us, and this is written 2,000 years ago, more, 2,500 years ago, The Jewish people had split into two parts. Remember, we spoke about the Ashkenazic world representing Yehuda and Binyamin, the two tribes that remained after the ten tribes were exiled. And we have the Sephardic world representing Aser Sashvat in the ten tribes. And someone actually showed me a Pasuk, a verse in Ovadia. It's worth checking out. The Pesukim, it's only one chapter. Obadiah, look over there, it talks about the, that the Beis Yisrael, the Israelites, which is the ten tribes, were sent off to Tsarfat, to France. And the two tribes of Binyamin and Yehuda, were sent off to Svarad, to Spain. So it's almost explicit in the verses that that's the case, that the ten tribes, the Sephardi world, I'm sorry, the ten tribes, the Ashkenazic world, and the two tribes is the Sephardi world, the house of David. Now listen, so the Jewish people had split up into these two separate camps, these two separate kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel, which was the ten tribes, and the kingdom of Judah, which was Yehuda and Binyamin, and Yechezkel is instructed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to do as follows. Take two pieces of wood. 
one on it, one, Chosev Alav Yehuda V'Levnei Yisrael Chaveirov. On one, write, uh, take one of the pieces of wood, write on it for Judah. L'kach Eitz Echad Uchtoiv Alav L'Yosef Eitz Ephraim V'Chol Beis Yisrael Chaveirov. Right, take a second piece of wood, write upon it the, the, the house of Joseph. Okay, so you have Yosef, which represents Mashiach ben Yosef, and the ten tribes. You have Yehuda, Mashiach ben David comes from Yehuda, from Judah, the two tribes. Take those pieces of wood. Bring them together. Bring those two pieces of wood together. We're bringing together, as I understand it, and as the Malbim explains it, not exactly precisely, but it's in, in my understanding of the Malbim, it's, it's what it's saying. We're bringing together in the end of days the two parts of Kali Yisrael that have been separated, the Sephardic world, the Ashkenazic world. We're bringing them back together in the land of Israel. Okay. When the people will say to you, what is this? What, do you, what, is, what are these pieces of wood? Speak to them and say as follows. This is Pasuk Yotas, I'm going to read to you shortly from the Malbim. First, I'm going to take the, the piece of wood which represents Joseph, the house of Ephraim. That's Mashiach ben Yosef, comes first. And those who are along with them, the ten tribes. I'm going to place upon them the piece of wood which represents Judah. The first stage is that Yosef is first and David comes together. Yehuda comes together with him and they become one. Now listen to this Malbim, it's going to blow your mind. We have a, a transmission from our sages. A Mesorah. The first one who's going to stand up to gather the Jewish people is Mashiach ben Yosef. He's the king of the ten tribes. As I said last week, this means the Sephardic world. He's going to fight wars. Listen to this. All of the people of Israel will come under his flag. The second stage of the Mashiach process is that Mashiach bin David comes, and he rules over the Jewish people. The first stage is Mashiach bin Yosef, and everyone comes together under his flag, under the flag of Mashiach bin Yosef. Now Hashem commanded Yechezkel uh, to take a piece of wood, and to represent the children of Judah. Okay, so you have the people of Judah, the people of Benjamin, which is why we're called Jews, because we're from Judah, right? And that's the, as I understand it, that's the Ashkenaz, I'm sorry, the Sephardic world. And they're all waiting for the redemption. What happens in the end of days? The ten tribes, as I understand it, which is a reference to the world of Ashkenaz, the Ashkenazic world, who are 
perhaps we could say a Gilgul reincarnation of those people. That's why they have the challenge of Avodah of the idolatries. That's why they're in the Christian world, which is idolatrous. Of course, it's forbidden to worship a person as a god. That's idolatry. So there's a pull towards the idolatry. There's a pull towards liberalism. There's a pull towards enlightenment, towards Christianity. That's, that's the world of Ashkenaz. So everyone comes under the leader which comes from the West, the leader who comes from the house of Joseph. So who is that? In my understanding, we've been in that period for the last 70 years, where there's an Ashkenazic ruling class, so to speak, and you may ask, how could it be? Secular government, etc. But that's the character of Yosef. The character of Yosef is the West. It's the world of Esav. It's the Jews from Esav. And in the onset, and it gets better as we come closer to the end of this period of Mashiach bin Yosef, we have leaders who indeed could be secular. But, What happens? The people of Judah read the Sephardic world, the Sephardic Jews, they come also under his, under his memshal, under his rulership. We become one nation, how? Through miracles, through 1948, through 1967, etc. That he takes first the the piece of wood of Ephraim, of Joseph, So listen to an amazing thing. What he's saying, as I understand it, is that the first stage of Geula sees Mashiach ben Yosef in charge, a leader, leadership, from the side of the West, from the world of Esav. They're in charge, and who is underneath them? Who gathers around them? The Sephardic world. The Ashkenazim are on top, the Sephardim are on the bottom, so to speak. Everyone comes under the flag of Joseph. The people of Judah, the Sephardic world, will be second to the people of Joseph, to the Ashkenazic world. But now listen to the Hemshech. Listen to what happens next. It's amazing. You take those pieces of wood, you, you put them in front of their eyes. This is what God has said. Tell them this. I'm going to take the people of Israel from amongst the nations. I'm going to bring them back to their land. And I shall make them into one nation. So this is the second stage. The second stage is where there's one king for all of them. What happens next? So let's hear what the Malbim says. Let's finish this verse. They, won't, they will no longer be two nations. The Jewish people will no longer be split up. Ashkenazim, Sephardim, no such thing anymore. They will not be split up into two, into two king, kingdoms. Listen to the, the Malbim in the, in the continuation. Afterwards as well. You need to keep those 
pieces of wood in front of them again. Don't put them down. Don't erase what it says. There's another part of this mushal, of this parable. I'm sorry, I skipped. After the Mashiach Ben Yosef process is completed, and how does it end? We'll see how it ends, because the Medrash says, when Mashiach Ben David comes, it comes with a, a major war that involves Persia, involves Paras, involves Iran, as we'll soon see. So then what happens? Mashiach bin David comes in the completion of the stage of Mashiach bin Yosef. Sorry about that. I turn off my phone. What happens is the West, the Jews from Ashkenaz, all of the, the Jews who had been lost Aseris Hashvatim lost ten tribes. Those who had been pulled in to the wiles of the idolatry of Christianity, the, the idolatry of the liberals, the idolatry of enlightenment, etc. They all are retrieved. They return. The Ashkenazic world becomes secondary to the, the Sephardic world. Mashiach ben David, who, in my opinion, is going to be a Sephardic leader. So, he will lead them all and they will become one. And of course, at that moment, there will be no more differences. There will be no more differences. Everyone will have joined together and follow the leadership of Mashiach ben David. The Malam continues, This is going to be done through miracles, through the hand of a prophet. Okay? Pasuk Chavbez, the Malam says, in the time that they are in the land, there will be one nation. One king will be on them. As we said, first, there will be one king, which is Mashiach ben Yosef. The Pesach says, they will no longer be two nations. Where is the problem? Where do we become two nations? It's when part of us, the, the Jews who are the reincarnation of the ten tribes, the Jews, the Ashkenazic Jews, have gone off. They've, they've perhaps uh, been involved in liberal movements, they've been involved in enlightenment, they've been involved in the reform, the conservative. They're not, they're not doing that which the Jewish people have done for 3,000 years. Those who became Christians, those who be, you know, all of those things. What's going to happen is they're all going to come back. They're all, there's not going to be different parts of Kal Yisrael. Everyone will be one. Everyone will serve God in the proper way. Firstly, they were two separate kingdoms. There's been a split in the kingdom in those times, in the times of Tanakh. On this it says they won't be split anymore. Because there's going to be one nation, the Jewish, Jewish people are going to be combined into a single nation. Now, what's, what's, so, so we see, we now understand what is the idea that we see in the, in the current state of affairs in the, in the land of Israel. The Ashkenazim are on top because they are the ones who represent the Mashiach bin Yosef process. And the leadership that we have, you might wonder how could it be that we could have secular leaders, but that's how Hashem does things, it seems. That's how Hashem does things. You know, the Chabz Chaim was asked, 
in uh, in uh, when the Balfour Declaration was was declared a hundred years ago, Chavz Chaim was asked, "What is what's going on here? It seems to be stuff is moving ahead in a in a natural way, not a miraculous way." And he, and he quoted the Orachaim. The Orachaim says, "It's a pasuk by the we read it recently, the Brachas of Bilam." He said, "Dorach koychav mi mi Yaakov, come shevet mi Israel. A star shall shoot forth from Jacob." And a staff, a rod, shall rise up from the people of Israel. There's two different ways Mashiach comes. Really, there are two. There are two parallel ways. They're both going to happen. One way is that there's miraculous things. Unless Mashiach ben David, we're going to we're getting to that point. But then there's a natural process, which is the Mashiach ben Yosef process, where we watch it all start. So this is the same Chavetz Chaim who we saw, who said that the World War One and World War Two were the first two of three Gogumagog wars. Chavz Chaim said that, and he said that the beginning of the process of Meshach ben Yosef was the Balfour Declaration, the beginnings of Klaus returning to Eretz Yisrael. But he also cried. He cried when he heard about the statement of the League of Nations in 1922. He cried that we, we don't have all of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is supposed to have Ufaratz, the Yom of Akemah, Vonegbad, is supposed to be a spreading. Eretz Yisrael is supposed to be much larger than it is even today. Okay, so we're not there yet. But the beginnings of it is the Mashiach ben Yosef process. Now, here we, come to, here we come to the next stage in the Mashiach ben Yosef process. And that's also, we quoted to you last time from the Alkut Shimoni, we read the whole thing about Mashiach, Mashiach ben Yosef standing on the roof of the Beis HaMikdash and saying, look, we're looking. Okay, we've got to see the light that's, that is shown. We have to put together all the pieces because it's right in front of us. And we need to know what's going on. We can't ignore it. Amar of Yitzchak. So in that, in that same piece, in the Yalkut Shemoni, this is in Perak Samach, you can see it yourself, 60th chapter of Isaiah, Yalkut Shemoni. So there it says, Kumi Ayri Kivayrech, rise and shine for your light has come, as we mentioned last time, Kumi is Gematria 156, which is Yosef. The same numerical value as Joseph and Zion, Zion. Amar of Yitzchak, Shana Shemelech Mashiach Niglaboy. In the year, that the Mashiach is going to reveal himself. All the nations of the world are fighting with each other. Melech Paras, the king of Persia, which is Iran, he has, he's fighting with the Arab king, perhaps Saudi Arabia. The Arab king goes to Aram. Little Eitzamahem, who is Aram? So there are those who change the Girsa. They like it to be Edom. The letters are similar. Edom is the West. I have a pshat. Perhaps Aram. Who is this? The Saudi Arabian king has gone to whom has he gone? If if this perhaps could be current events. Melech Aram, who's Aram? The Arameans? Who are the present-day Arameans? I would venture to say Avram Avinu. Abraham. Why was he called Avram? He's called Avram because he was the Av Aram. He was the greatest person of Aram. Who today still speaks Aramit? Who still speaks Aramaic? It's the Jewish people. We read from the Gemara, from the Talmud, so I hope to read to you if we don't run out of time. But uh, Av Aram, who is the king of Aram? I believe it might be referring to the Jewish people, to the Israelis. Lital Eitzamahem, the Saudi Arabians come to the Israelis and say, we need help. And after, after this, 
king of Persia goes, and he destroys the whole world. All the nations of the world are, are thundering, confusion falling on their face. Everyone is, is possessed, like a woman giving birth. And the people of Israel, they're also confused, thundering. Where do we go? Where do we go? We can't get into Israel right now. The borders are closed. A voice comes out. Hashem says, My children, don't be afraid. You don't have to worry. Everything that I've done is just for you. What are you afraid of? Don't be afraid. Again, the same Lashon as we saw last week. The time for your redemption has arrived. It's not like previous redemptions. not like the redemption from Egypt. It's not like the redemption from Babylonia and from the Persians 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago with the temple, the second temple. There was persecution afterwards, after Egypt. There was persecution from the Philistines. There was persecution from the Moabites. There was persecution from the Babylonians, from the Greeks. You name it, the Romans, the Christians, the Arabs, the, the Islams, the Muslims. After this one, when we hit this war, when we hit this third Gagumagag war, so there's no more there's no more problems afterwards. And you know, why do why do they change this girsa? Why do the ones who speak about it change it to Melech Edom? Because there's a Gemara in Yuma. The Gemara in Yuma tells us that there's going to be a big war. There's going to be a future war between Zandav Yud. There's going to be a war between Persia and Edom, the West, and Iran. Now who is going to win this war? To Machlokas. It's, it's, it's an argument. Amarav, Asida... Two, there's two different shitas. The West, Rome, Edom, Esav, is going to fall in the hands of the Persians. Why? Look, the Persians are the one the ones who helped us build the second base, the second temple. Who destroyed the temple? The Romans. The West. The, the, the Romans did, you know, did that destruction. So the Romans should fall by the hands of the Persians. It makes sense. That's his opinion. But the, actually, we paskin, like whom do we hold? The other way. Iran is going to fall in the hands of the West. How could it be? The Persians built the base of Mikdash. They built the second temple. How could it be that they will fall to the Romans, to the West, who built, who destroyed the temple? You can't understand that this is a decree from heaven. We don't know why this is going to happen. And it goes on and it says, it says, it repeats, it brings a brysa, because these were Amorim, right? So on a deeper level, higher level, is the, is the Brysa, which says explicitly that the Persians, the Iranians fall in the hands of the 
the West, in the hands of the Romans, the hands of Edom. So it could be that's why they changed this medrash over here that says that the, the Persian king is fighting with the Arab king. They go to Aram, they go to Edom, they change it to, from Aram to Edom, they go to the, to the king of Edom because we know from the Gemara that there's, that there's a war between the Persians, the Iranians, and the West. The, the Persians fall in that war. And I believe that it's the Aram maybe referring to us, to the people of Israel, who have who still speak Aramaic, who still speak Aramaic, who were the like Avram Avinu was the beginning of the Jewish people. He was the Avaram, he was the, the father of Aram. Okay, so what's the idea of the three wars though? What's the idea of the three wars? So here's here's my theory. Here's my theory. The idea of the three wars is that it's all really part of one process as we've seen. Mashiach bin Yosef comes first. The people of Yosef come first. Together, join with, joins with them the people of David. The Sephardic world comes underneath the flag of, of Mashiach and Yosef. But then things switch. That's the second part. That's the next stage. The first stage we've seen, I believe, for the last 70 years. Now, we mentioned last time that Rav Elias Svei used to quote Rebel Khan in saying 70 years. 70 years, 2009. He used to say 2009. I believe that the first two wars were the Mashiach ben Yosef wars. And they involved the West, mainly. Mainly, of course, it had an effect everywhere. Of course, there were places within the Arab world that were also affected by it, that were involved. But for the main part, for the most part, it involved Europe, America. Those were the main players. Those were the first two wars. And that created a, a, an unbelievable revolution in the world, which resulted in... 1948, the Jewish people are returned to Eretz Yisrael. Now, what happens over the next 70 years? What happens over the next 70 years? What's the number 70? Because there's a, there's a concept in 70, and I spoke about it in a previous podcast. I urge you to go listen to it. Talking about the number 70, this, the concept of 70 between the first and second temples was 70 years. That's the completion of a process is 70 years. It's, it's referred to as the Hevle Leda. The 70, the 70 years have to do with the... Uh, the Chevli Mashiach, the times, the woman, a woman giving birth, just like a woman as she gives birth, there's, there's a, there's the birthing process and there's pain. So too, there's a 70 year process, that's the birthing process. As I understand it, we've already completed or we're at the end of the Mashiach ben Yosef process and now we're in the beginning of the Mashiach ben David process and because the David process has to do with the world of Yishmael, the Arab world, the world of the Svardim, we're the Sephardic world. And it has to do with us now coming into the point where we're going to get a new leader, a Mashiach bin David, who's from the Sephardic world. It's not going to be as things were until now. Everything's about to switch. Now we have a war that involves the Sephardic world. The, I'm sorry, the Arab world. The Yishmael, the world of Yishmael. So what has been going on for the last 10 years, since 2009, 2010... We had the Arab Spring. We had the wars that are going on in Syria. And now we have what I believe is the, we're coming to the conclusion of it. And that involves the, the Saudi Arabia versus Paras versus Iran. There's a very beautiful and deep interesting piece in the Maharal where he talks about the fact that even though Paras, Persia, really is its own concept, really it's not, they're not really Arabs, right? They're not, only recently have they become Muslims. They, until, until now for thousands of years they were Zoroastrians. And uh, But they're also connected to the world of Yishmael. The Maral talks about that. I don't have time to get into that. But 
paras, at the completion of this process, right, there's a switch. There's a, there's a, there's a Mashiach bin David war, so to speak. And it involves the world of Iran, the world of Paras, the world of Arav, the world of Saudi Arabia. And yes, it involves the West because it's a completion of the process that's been going on for the last, really, over a hundred years. Okay, so as we come to that time, we come to the Third World War. And this, this world war has been going on for 10 years. For 10 years. And we're coming, I believe, to perhaps its completion. Now, what's interesting is, and what's important to know, and what's important to not be afraid. Not be afraid. Why? Because there's a big difference between what happens in the West and what happens in the world of Yishmael. Now hear this. We mentioned this last time, but we need to hear it again. Mashiach bin Yosef dies. And that's the Gemara. It's the Gemara in Sukkot. Mashiach bin Yosef dies. And Mashiach bin David says, I don't want to die. God, please spare my life. And Hashem says, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, David Hamel, King David, already prayed on your behalf. You don't have to be afraid. So, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means that you already have life. The Mashiach bin Yosef process involves a tremendous amount of destruction. A tremendous amount of loss of life. A tremendous amount of death. But the Mashiach bin David process is different. As we move into the Mashiach bin David process, we can see that, and we can hope for, and we can pray for, life. It's not going to be the same. It may have elements of Mashiach bin Yosef still in it, because within Mashiach bin Yosef, there's an element of Mashiach bin David. And within Mashiach bin David, there's an element of Mashiach bin Yosef. What do I mean? For example, look at the West. Look at the Ashkenazic world. So we have all these elements of idolatry. We have those who followed Christianity. We have those who followed after the Enlightenment movement. We have those who followed after the liberal movements of today. But we also have a Mashiach bin David aspect within that. We have those who have been committed to the Torah. We have the Yeshiva world. We have the Haredim. We have those who have been completely committed to the traditions of our ancestors performing the Torah as it was always performed for the last 3,000 years. And of course, within the world of Mashiach bin David, we have those who are also more committed, the, the, the layman, the Sephardic layman who doesn't know anything, still has more of a connection and a feeling. We, have, we also have a, the David aspect, those who are more religious, those who are more committed, and you have the more secular part of the David world. Okay, so, but that's always true that within Mashiach and Yosef you have Mashiach and David part, and within Mashiach and David you have a Mashiach and Yosef part. And that's indicated also by what we saw in the Malbim, that there, there's a Mashiach bin Yosef who's at the head, and we have a Mashiach bin, and you have the David people who are beneath them, and then it switches. And that's where we're headed into the switch. But it's so important to understand the Mashiach bin Yosef process happens in a natural way. And because it happens in a natural and not miraculous way, it's hard to notice it. It looks like everything just happened. It just happened to be that, that the Jewish people came back to Israel. It just happened to be that hundred years ago, there was 30,000 Jews here. Today, there's almost there's 7 million Jews. It just happened to be. It just, it just happened slowly. The tzemach is the sprout. That's There's a growing. That's the natural process of Mashiach bin Yosef. Because it, it is that way, I don't completely understand it, but because it's a natural process, it also involves more din, more judgment. It means there has to be death. I don't understand why, but that's just the facts. Mashiach bin David comes because even though we don't deserve it, it comes with miracles. It comes in a miraculous way. And it comes with life. 
comes with life. Look at the last two plagues that the Jewish people experienced in Egypt. Look at the last two plagues. The second to last was Choshech, was darkness. That corresponds to Mashiach and Yosef. What happened during that time? Four-fifths of the Jewish people died. That's what our sages tell us. The Makas Choshech. Chamushim. They came up Chamushim, which means literally they were girded with, with, uh, with weapons, but it also could be read a fifth. Chamushim could be a fifth. Because four-fifths had died during the Makas Choshech. But what happened in the tenth plague, which corresponds to David, which corresponds to Malchus, nobody died. They should have died. The Bukharim should have died, just like the Egyptian Bukharim. But that's not what happened. They put the blood on the wall. They recommitted to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They did some amazing self-sacrifice, placing the god of the Egyptians, slaughtering it, placing the blood on the, on the post, showing their allegiance to God. In that moment, they were saved. They had life. That's David. That's what happens in the moment of David. And that's where we're headed now. It's so important to understand this. In the moment of that scary moment, when we're talking about the third of the three Gagumagag wars, it's the, it's the David war. It's the switchover war. Yes, Mashiach ben Yosef is involved in it, but it's the end of the process of Mashiach ben Yosef as we move into the process of Mashiach ben David, as the miraculous is what we're going to start to experience. And that's why we're going to see life. We're going to see life. And that's also why we're going to see amazing miracles and amazing, amazing, I don't even know what to say. It's going to be beyond words. It's going to be, it's going to be the most awesome experience that I believe we're going to have very, very soon. So that is really my basic theory, my basic concept that I wanted to share with you. If you have any questions, comments, I'm happy to hear. You can send me an email, arigoldweg at gmail.com. You can leave a comment, you can leave a message. And Nir uh, we should all be zeiche to see Mashiach with rachamim, with compassion, with life, with chayim. Speedily in our days. Amen.